0: Hi there, this is Mario Peshev, and you're listening to the WordPress for Small and Medium Enterprises podcast. Today's episode is going to cover how to build a software as a service application on top of WordPress. If you have ever wondered if you can build a subscription based business model on top of WordPress, sure, you can accomplish that in multiple ways, and we're going to discuss that in today's episode. First off, what is a SaaS application? SaaS is an abbreviation of software as a service, meaning that a certain type of software could be hosted online and uh, charged for on a subscription basis. Could be freemium or could be paid on monthly uh, recurring subscriptions or quarterly or annual, whatever it is, but a great way to grow your increasing revenue or build a certain product that may be an on-premises software, or maybe you have a certain uh, two or a product or a library that you want to charge for and build it as a, an online system system, an online service that you can potentially and eventually charge for. Uh, SaaS has been a very popular business model over the past seven to eight years. Um, We can can point out certain examples from our day-to-day lives, such as, say, Netflix or um, Spotify or e-commerce SaaS-driven applications like Shopify. Essentially, there are lots of different ways you can build a SaaS application, something that requires customers to sign up for and use a certain product like a landing page builder, an invoicing software, uh, customer relationship management system an ERP, whatever it is, something hosted in the cloud, something they pay for that's being sorted out and they can start using it right away. So that's as far as SaaS is concerned. There are different ways to um, define software as a service um, uh, because, again, different types of solutions may work differently and may present different opportunities to uh, their customers. Uh, For instance, is a membership-driven website a SaaS? Well, for the most part, no. However, in a traditional SaaS application, you would need to sort out membership as well because it's um, you know fairly important. You may have different plans and different tiers, uh, meaning that you need uh, different roles with different capabilities and different ways to pre- present certain functionality to uh, people assigned to different roles. So again, there is a fine line, and you need to kind of sort out the foundations first. The second thing is: Is WordPress suitable to power of uh, software as a service application? My answer is yes. WordPress could be extremely powerful and even though most people consider it to be a content management system, you can extend its functionality in different ways and uh, end up powering up a software-as-a-service application at the end. There are several reasons to consider WordPress as a SaaS application. We've built our first SaaS on top of WordPress at Devrix uh, back in 2012 or 2013, and ever since, we've built more than 10 uh, high-scale, powerful SaaS applications on top of that. And uh, again, there are multiple reasons to consider that. First off, uh, you can leverage lots of existing features that WordPress offers um, by default. For example, you have the dashboard, you have the login system. System and core capabilities and so forth uh, which makes it a fairly versatile tool to build um, application on instead of starting from scratch and building everything from scratch yourself you know crude forms and login panels and everything else uh, from the get-go which is why again WordPress can be considered a fairly powerful tool to uh, power up your software as a service application the second reason is that you don't necessarily have to offer something to customers that's extremely uh, bespoke and built from scratch Uh, every step of the way. What do I mean here? Uh, One of the solutions that we built back in the day and uh, one of the tools that we actually have running as a SaaS application at the moment is our sales CRM software solution. So back in the day, we built a CRM2. We are currently using it internally for almost three years now. It's something that we built from scratch, and we also offer it to customers as a SaaS application. So the CRM2 provides the opportunity to create uh, companies and customers and projects. There's a reporting engine and a bunch of other wonderful features, integrations with MailChimp and whatnot. Uh, But more importantly, one of the key features of um, uh, CRM is adding custom fields and adding additional fields to profiles, to projects and whatnot not. So uh, back in the day, we thought of uh, the best way to implement that and said, hey, why do we need to incorporate that into the CRM score? What we can do instead is leverage one of the existing plugins available for WordPress and incorporate it and add it on top of what we already have. So we have WordPress on one end as the core engine. Uh, second, we do have our CRM system, which is our core product. Third, we do have certain extensions for different applications and different integrations. And fourth, we do have advanced custom fields, which is one of the most popular solutions for creating custom fields for posts and different post types. So this way, we do provide the core functionality of our CRM system, but we also do provide access to advanced custom fields, meaning that everyone, every single user, every single subscriber can register their own additional fields they need to track down for customers, for companies, for projects, for budgets, for whatever it is. So once again, leveraging WordPress means that you can additionally leverage existing tools that WordPress, the the WordPress ecosystem provides by default and add them on top of your existing system. The third reason WordPress is so wonderful is that lots of SaaS applications can actually be designed as standalone websites running independently. Now, a traditional monolith software, such as, again, let's say Netflix or uh, Spotify or whatever, um, relies on a core infrastructure, whereas everything is stored in the same database, uh, more or less in the same database tables, and so forth. However, this makes uh, maintenance pretty tricky. Additionally, performance is being infa- impacted as a result because, for instance, all songs or all videos are stored in the same same table, just as an example, or all invoices, and they're just assigned to different user roles or different um, accounts or whatever you want to call it. So this creates a fairly complex database structure, and it's also fairly easy if a developer makes a mistake to reveal the existing items or the existing uh, data fields and data entries to users that are not supposed to see that. Now WordPress however on the other hand provides a different feature that some websites leverage called WordPress multi-site. The way WordPress Multisite works is um, you can create different spin-offs of an existing website as clonings Meaning that you can create a kind of base website yourself and then you can clone it multiple uh, times. WordPress multi-site is frequently used for say universities where you want a, a website that students can use and then replicate it with all the existing active plugins or um, let's say for education again for similar reasons or for publishing websites where a media company may offer uh, let's say 10 different websites that have the same engine running advertising or email subscription so forth so the theme is the only thing that's different at the end. So. The way WordPress multisite works is it registers a couple of additional tables uh, for the WordPress installation itself and every single subsite uh, creates its own set of tables for posts, for options, and for everything else. Comments, for instance, and whatnot. So this means that data is kept isolated to different tables for every single site and it's nearly impossible to leak this data by mistake uh, due to a programmatic error. Additionally, you don't store all data enters within the very same table but instead you store it in different tables in the database which means that performance and scalability is a lot easier and at some point of time if you if you want to kind of distribute this database to multiple servers you can actually extract specific sites and just move uh, the database to different servers which again is wonderful as well. So those are kind of the main reasons why WordPress multi-site uh, makes a great addition to most software as service solutions. Again our sales CRM software and our SaaS BP Application for business process management work in similar manners, whereas our SaaS core product provides a WordPress multi-site capability and just enables everyone to have their own site with their own data and at the same time all users have access to the same core products. Uh, one of the other extra perks is that while you can network activate certain plugins so that there are available to you on the core uh, SaaS product and let's say you can enable 10 plugins that are always active for every single subscriber of yours You can also fine-tune and play with different plans as well Now what do I mean here? Normally when you sell a product especially a subscription based product You can split down the payments and the pricing pages into tiers meaning that you may have a free plan or a cheap plan for Let's say $29.99 then you have another plan mid-tier which is $99.99 and then you have a third plan which is say two point ninety-nine. dollars right Uh, and every single plan may actually have different capabilities and one of the ways to define these capabilities is through different features for example the very first plan may have access to 10 plugins in your wordpress installation while the mid-tier plan may have access to 15 plugins and then the third plan may have access to 20 plugins we are talking about a case where every single plugin is a separate feature Now once again in a monolith installation this would mean that everything should be active by default or everything should be installed and running by default and you're just more or less hiding features or every single time you're checking hey Does this user have a certain role or a certain plan that enables them or allows them to access a given feature, right? So once again, with WordPress multi-site, what you can do instead is you can register a site custom meta field and say, okay, this site uh, belongs to this plan and this plan enables these plugins. So congratulations, all users on this specific plan for that subscription have access to those features unlocked thanks to the access to WordPress uh, multi-site and for this sub-site. So, once again, lots of different reasons to use uh, WordPress for a software service uh, application. Now, several things you need to keep in mind. First off, uh, once again, do you use WordPress whenever you can leverage the core WordPress functionality. What we've discovered is that most of the time, whenever you have a SaaS application, you need to deal with data, which is why a custom... Uh, content management system is a great solution here meaning that you need a powerful toolkit to store different types of data and uh, pull them filter them search for them and whatever be it so if you can leverage the existing WordPress functionality in this way then congratulations you're good to go second consider if you're going to need any front-end at all if not then great I mean everything may be kind of proprietary and you're only going to leverage the WordPress dashboard you can decide whether you want to hide certain items or even maybe restyle it so then Customers may not even recognize it's WordPress in the first place, or entirely hide the side sidebar in the WordPress admin area, and use a kind of custom registered sidebar that you've invented yourself. So this is a great way to, for instance, create a vertical menu, or rather a horizontal menu on top where all items are being visible, and just create different pages for content generation. Now um, this may mean that you won't have access to the default CRUD features, but once again, you can just hide the menu and link the existing. Um, URLs to a different menu items so that um, again the very same features may just look differently but you still open up the same uh, content editorial fields at the end of the day. So um, that's kind of case number one. Case number two is if you need UI. For instance if you have a learning management system or a course creation system you may need UI and there are different things you need to consider. First off uh, if you opt-in for WordPress multi-site this would actually allow you if needed to have the opportunity to have different themes active for different subsites. Um, once again, you can bulk activate plugins on a WordPress multi-site installation, meaning that you say, hey, I want these 10 plugins active on all installations. But when it comes to themes, as you know, you can only have one theme active for a website. But since WordPress multi-site works in a sub manner, like every single sub-site is a uh, separate entity, what you can do is design 10 or 20 or 30 themes and uh, just allow people to select the type of design they want for the front-end and uh, essentially every site is going to look differently. This is a pretty powerful offering that you can leverage yourself. But one of the things that you definitely need to uh, stay away from as much as possible is just relying on poorly developed premium themes. We have discussed that in previous episodes, so if you've missed that, definitely check out the podcast in the early episodes but bottom line uh heavy bloated multi-purpose themes are definitely not good for your website most of the time they load tons of scripts and tons of styles because they want to serve different purposes uh and this may also pose different security and performance considerations for your entire network so that's definitely something you want to keep in mind but other than that if you have a clean custom uh perhaps bespoke design for your site or new unique custom sites and designs for every single subsite of yours then you're definitely good to go and you're airing on the on the safe end So additionally, when it comes to hosting, again, depending on whether that's single site or multi-site installation, you can opt in for different solutions. Our recommended one is Pagely. We've had a lot of success hosting stuff on Pagely. You can also try to self-host on something like AWS directly or DigitalOcean. But then, of course, you need to have a sysadmin person or even DevOps uh, handling deployments and uptime and stability and DDoS attacks and whatnot. So definitely consider a better hosting solution that's actually able to scale your environment. Consider your PHP workers. Consider the access and the resource available for your database and everything else needed to actually scale a powerful SaaS application best case scenario especially if you plan to scale your environment uh, think about cloud cloud architecture that's automatically scaling, meaning that upon hitting a certain threshold or working with a team that's actually monitoring for that, you would be able to scale vertically easily without causing any interruptions or disruptions uh, for your service. Uh, Of course, in terms of web application firewall and uh, CDN, you may also consider using something like Cloudflare, which is going to uh, decrease the number of bot attacks and just DDoS attacks and brute force attacks to your website and to your entire network. And additionally, distribute additional resources to uh, external servers, external nodes around the world. So at the end of the day, what you will end up with is a core WordPress site with your features built as WordPress plugins, perhaps certain plugins that already exist in the WordPress or marketplace that introduce additional functionality, different roles and capabilities, um, clean and simple design for the software as a service application if you need design in the first place uh, and kind of a final offering hosted and a decent uh, hosting provider with a certain web application firewall sitting on top. This is kind of the desired setup you want to go for. Uh, The more you keep scaling, the more you may need to consider different uh, factors that may impact scale. Some of them may be traffic, some of them may be the number of data entries within your database, or maybe sharding the database and splitting it into different clusters and different database areas, or um, you know, let's say maintaining a load balancer with a replica of your software service application on a different server so that you can prevent yourself from any outages, but uh, in a nutshell that's kind of what you need to know in terms of building a traditional SaaS offering for WordPress. That's it for now. If you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to let me know. Uh, Ask me anything. Look up mariopechef.com and just text me there or look me up on LinkedIn or Twitter. And um, also do let me know if you need any other topics covered in terms of building architecture and kind of best practices for different types of solutions. This is all for now. This is the WordPress for Small and Medium Enterprises podcast. If you have any other questions, once again, hit me up. And Happy New Year and have a great 2021 ahead. Cheers.